Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and we are continuing along in our great study of the book of Hebrews. We're calling this series An Anchor for the Soul, and today is part three of our sermon. Connect with me in a more meaningful way. Download my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. Visit my website and read my story of how I went blind in 2018. Visit awakenedtograce.com or send me an email today. Let me know where you're listening from and how I can pray for you. Email me at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. Well, let's get to God's Word today as we study part three of our sermon in this series, An Anchor for the Soul. So he says, the word of God is living. What does the scripture say? You know, my favorite thing to think about, there isn't anything that I enjoy more than a cup of coffee in the morning with a good summer rain. And have we not had an abundance of that? I love the rain. And I'll sip my hallelujah coffee my blonde roast, thank you, Jesus, amen. And I'll sip my coffee, and I'll listen to that rain, and I'll remember Isaiah. The word of God is just like the rain. The Lord sends it forth. It falls to the earth, and it accomplishes his purposes, and it will not return void. Every moment you spend with the word of God is not wasted. Every scripture you hide in your heart is not a waste. Every time that you sit down to meet God in his word, it is precious and it will not return void in your life. Every time you pray the scriptures over your marriage, every time you pray the scriptures over your family, every time you pray the scriptures over your health, every time you pray the scriptures over your employment, every time you pray the scriptures over your money, every time you pray the scriptures over your future, let me tell you something, the word of God will not return void. Amen. Amen. What a deposit. What a thing to do. What a glorious thing to meet God every day in his word and receive it like the earth receives the rain. But for many of us, we don't even know where our Bibles are. For many of us, we know more. We know more sports statistics than we do the living and active word. We know more celebrity gossip than we know the active and living word. We know more about politics than we do God Almighty. It's living. And it's active. What's the word active mean? Active is actually where we get our word. My cable's falling, excuse me. Active is where we get our word energy. 
There's an energy to the word of God. I want you to think about that. There's an energy to it. That's why you ought to start your day every day with it. You're starting your day tapping into God's supernatural energy. Now that's something, that's something to get quite excited about. It's living and it's energetic. It's energy. It's active. Now notice what he says next. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. You know, over and over and over in the scriptures, the word of God is compared to a two-edged sword. In Ephesians 6, we see that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. We see in Revelation 2.12, Christ with the double-edged sword. We see in Revelation 19.15 that when Christ comes on the battle of Armageddon, what proceeds out of his mouth? A double-edged sword. Now, is that a physical sword? No. What is it? It's the word. It's the word. It's the living and the active word of God. It is a double-edged sword. When Joshua met the Lord Jesus Christ in Joshua chapter 5, what was he holding in his hand? Sword. All throughout the scriptures, it is compared to a sword. It is sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing. I love that word. I'm calling today pierced by the word. It's the title. Piercing to the division of soul, spirit, joints, marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Why? We're not there yet, but I'm going to end in verse 13, but I'm not going to end there yet. I want to give some commentary to this. But what's the point? The point is because everything is laid bare before Christ. You can hide nothing. Everything is laid bare. So let me give some commentary before we go there and close. Let's understand a little bit of this. Soul, spirit, joints, marrow, thoughts, and intentions. Now remember what the problem is with the Hebrews. The issue with Judaism is that everything was external. Everything was about rituals. Everything was about ceremony. Everything was about what you do. That's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about believing. The gospel is about a stony heart being replaced. The gospel is about God transforming the heart. And so what does the Holy Spirit masterfully do? The Holy Spirit masterfully is showing this Hebrew audience. It is the contrast, not what is on the exterior. Some of you look like Christians today, whatever that means. But inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Jesus said it this way. The outside of the cup is washed really well. You're squeaky clean. But the inside's not been washed and it's filthy. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks upon the what? The heart. So the Holy Spirit's going to get down to the heart. And how does he do it? With his word. It is able to pierce to the division Number one, of soul, spirit. Now, what's that mean? This is very complicated to understand. 
There are many different interpretations, and I encourage you to do your own homework on this. I encourage you to dig deeper into this to really understand where you land on this. I'll tell you my thoughts, but you are free to disagree with me. You don't have to see my interpretation of it. I believe that when God said, let us, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our own image. God made man as a Trinity as he made as, as God himself is Trinity. So yes, we have our flesh and blood, which is spoken of much in Hebrews. That is our body. And yes, we have our soul, which we identify as our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's why when you read passages about eternity, whether that is in heaven or that is in hell, the soul is fully alive. The conscience is fully there, able to remember, able to recall. Emotions, will, mind. So that is the soul, but then there is the spirit. Now, what is the spirit? The spirit, I believe, is what happened when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and God said, you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. What died? The spirit. That inward man, that, that inward part that is supposed to commune and fellowship that inward part that's supposed to worship and be alive and sensitive to God Almighty, who is a what? Spirit. It is the highest seat of man, his spirit. But we don't talk about the spirit much. And I believe it is the spirit that when you become born again, that is what is regenerated. The spirit is what is dead in its sins and trespasses and guilt of sin. But when the spirit of God comes in and salvation comes, regeneration comes, then all of a sudden your spirit is made alive to Christ. You become a new creation. Hmm. And see, I'm concerned that what happens in so many people they have an experience with God where their intellect or worse, their emotions somehow are moved about God or religious things. But the spirit man has never been awakened. The spirit man has never been regenerated. The spirit man has never been transformed out of darkness into light. If you ever become awakened to God, if you ever become born again, it's your spirit that then becomes alive to Christ. Huh. The soul, the spirit, it's able to divide it. It's able to, it's able to perceive it. It's able to pierce it. Number two, joints and marrow. This is speaking of external and internal. 
I love that it gives physical here. You know what God's been dealing with me about? You know, I, I struggle so hard in my health to eat right, to, to do well in that area. I'll feel very poorly and then I'll get disciplined and I'll eat really good. And then the most terrible thing happens. The better I eat and the better I feel, something creeps in to this little sheep brain that says, you're invincible. That donut won't hurt you. And my little sheep brain goes, I felt so good lately. I bet it won't. God always deals with me about this. And you know where God's had me parked lately? I've been declaring over my body. Now, I have to do my part, right? I can't. The problem is not God. The problem is me. God's been dealing with me about it. And where I've been standing in my faith is 3 John 3, 1. Uh, 3 John 1, 1. Sorry. John writes to Gaius and he says, I am praying that above all, that you would be in good health just as your soul is in good health. Now say amen if you need good health today because this will be a good word for you. What God is showing me, somebody give me a time check. What time is it? What time? Oh, can I have a few more minutes? Ooh, ooh, 11.54. I'm always hungry, but no reason I'm hungry. Good Lord. Well, let me tell you where the Lord's having my faith right now. The Lord is showing me, Chad, you make a mistake so often because you compartmentalize your soul and your body. And what happens is you treat your body really, really bad. But your soul, you protect and you nurture and you feed and you care for. And your soul is so healthy and it's so prosperous, but your body is not. The Lord said, stop separating them and intertwine them. I care about that as much as I care about the other. And so the scripture that God has me in is as I'm trying to discipline myself and I'm trying to do better. The other day, I had to go to an attorney's office who is helping the church with some things. And Joe and I decided to stop and get them two dozen donuts. And the little girl said, would you like them hot off the belt? No, I'll take the stale ones because that's a big temptation. Yes, okay, hot off the belt. And we're driving to Jim Williams. Joe's driving, don't worry, it wasn't me. So because Joe is driving, guess who's holding two dozen hot, fresh donuts? Be in good health as your soul is in good health. 
two dozen. <laughs> it made it there. It did. I, <laughs> now I gave them to Joe. What happened to him after I handed them off? I don't know. But the car ride, they made it. I don't know. And so God has been telling me, they're intertwined, so you intertwine them. Bless your body like you bless your soul. Care for your body like you care for your soul. Feed your body like you feed your soul. Why? Because the Word of God is able to pierce soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Do you ever speak God's word over your body? Oh, you ought to do it every day. See, I can have, I can have high-powered medications, but if I don't ingest them, what good does a medication do in my cabinet if I don't open it and partake of it? A lot of you have the word of God around you it's in your home, but you're not ingesting it. You're not partaking of it. You're not in communion with it. Make the Word of God an integral part of every day for you. And then lastly, it is a discerner of thoughts and attentions of the heart. This is where we get our English word, critic. You know what's interesting is centuries ago, people would hear preaching and they would receive that, but not in today's culture. In today's culture, we question everything. And I realized that as I preach God's word, the majority of people are not saying that's truth and I agree with that. The majority of people are saying, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe the Bible is really what it says. And you know what I find interesting? The same people who are critics of the Bible, the same wicked people who try to twist. You say, Chad, oh, why would you call them wicked? Because do you know what the word wicked means? Twisted. That's why we call wicker furniture wicker because it means Twisted. People who twist the word of God are wicked because they twist the truth. And all the while, while they are critiquing the word of God, do you know what? God's word is critiquing them. All the while, while they judge the word of God and they go, I don't believe that. That's not what I feel. All the while, the word of God is judging them. It is a discerner. It is a critic. It is a judge of the thoughts and the intentions of That's why the more you get into the word, 
the more that your thoughts and your intentions of the heart will be pleasing to the Lord because it is shapeful. It'll show you how you ought to think. It'll show you how you ought to feel. Sadie and I right now, and this is where I close. Sadie and I right now are having some very hard discussions. And we're trying to perceive God's will in a matter. We ate breakfast this morning. Not donuts, by the way. (laughs) And we made a commitment together that we are going to systematically, individually, but also together, but individually, we're going to go through Psalm 139. We're going to say, as a couple, as one flesh, as a covenant, as a union, as a marriage, as a family. We're going to say, search me and try me and know my ways. See if there is any wickedness in me. Hey, Lord, if there's a bad attitude in me, shine that light. If there's stubbornness in me, shine that light. If there's pride in me, shine that light. Rebuke me, God. Show me. And we have committed that we are going to let God's word shape the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Does does God's word have an effect in your life? If not, Odds are today you're ineffective and you're unfruitful for Jesus. That can change as God's word changes in you and changes you. Begin to consume the word. Get up every day with the word. Make it part of your rhythm. Make it part of your routine. Why? Because it's living. It's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's able to pierce. And it's able to judge, discern, critique your heart. You want to be a better husband? Let God's word critique you. You want to be a better wife today? Let God's word critique you. You want to overcome the addiction? Let God's word critique you. You want to to pull yourself out of constant negativity? Let God's word critique your thoughts and the intentions of your heart. You want to quit gossiping, backbiting, and let God's word critique you. You want to be less selfish? Let God's word critique you. You want to stop lying? 
Let God's word critique you. Welcome it in. When James says receive the word, the literal Greek word picture there is place out a welcome mat. Oh God, your word's welcome. It's welcome in my life. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.